0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for week five of our Book of Acts to the Ends of the Earth series. This week, we're going to be looking at Paul's second missionary journey directly from Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 10. All scripture I'll be reading is going to be from the New Living Translation, and I hope that this brings you encouragement, as right now the world just seems crazy uh, with winter weather and lots of snow, um, with sometimes uh, having uh, trouble having access to uh, the vaccine and other things, I know that uh, this world can sometimes seemingly be full of such discouraging and bad news. Uh, but whenever we go to God's word, we get such great news. Uh, we get news that we have a God who chases after us. We have news that uh, God is for us and not against us. That He gave His Son as a fragrant offering for humanity, and it was His His plan A. Jesus was never plan B or plan C. He was always plan A. And uh, I hope that you get great encouragement from us looking after a man who zealously uh, persecuted the church. And now we see him in Acts chapter 16 doing incredible things for the gospel. Um, And so I hope that, again, you're encouraged uh, by this. Again, we're going to be starting in Acts chapter 16. Looking at verses 1 through 10. Paul went first to Derbe and then to Lystra, where there, there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Verse 2 Timothy was well thought of by the believers, and Lystra and Iconium. So Paul went to join them on their journey. In difference to the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. Verse 5. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Now we're going to transition over to a uh, a bit of scripture called A Call from Macedonia, starting in verse 6. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Angria and Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time, That's an interesting verse that we're going to come back to later. Then coming to the borders of Mysa, they headed north for the province of Bethania. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysa to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia and northern Greece was standing there, pleading with them, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. And that's where our scripture will end for this study. I know as we look about this, we think about things like God giving his direction, specifically to Paul and Silas. We also see um, that it mentions God's will quite often through these scriptures. And and also we do sense in this that uh, taking the word of God to new places is important. And so I think the big idea of Acts chapter 16 is that the gospel begins to go to the ends of the world, as it talks about earlier, and we see this in Matthew and some other places, that God directs Paul where he wants to advance the kingdom of God. And that's interesting, isn't it? I think we too must believe that God is leading and directing us every day. So even if we mess up, that there's more than enough grace to restart, and that's so important, that often many of us are our own worst critics Um, and maybe live at a performance-based Christianity instead of a grace-filled one, or we live in a grief-filled cycle and not a grace-filled cycle. So let's go ahead and move over uh, to our first uh, talking point. I think we could start off by saying that Paul, who we previously know earlier in the book as Saul, is dramatically converted on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, and that's verses 1 through 19. But it's from a person who in fact, loved persecuting the church, he would drag out families and women and children just to persecute them and be zealous. But he persecuted the church, and now he's the one leading the advance of the kingdom by taking three significant missionary journeys all through Asia. And the gospel and the kingdom spread like wildfire like never before. And it even reached the capital, Rome, which is pretty dramatic. Acts chapter 16 also records part of Paul's second missionary journey. Paul, accompanied by Timothy, begins to revisit some of the cities and newly formed churches from his first missionary journey that we see in verses 1 through 3. But it's interesting to note that as they visit the churches, Acts informs us that the believers are strengthened in the faith and that the churches continue to grow daily. And that's from verses 4 through 5. And I think that's interesting because. I think sometimes we could think that one discipleship is enough. Um, but this kind of reaffirms the fact that ongoing discipleship is so important because it strengthens the believers in their faith. And I think if we're honest too, many of us really need this, that one sermon is not going to fix it. One, one spiritual discipline is not going to fix it. We need ongoing um, spiritual development in our lives. And often that comes through uh, discipleship, it comes through mentors. Um, it can come from pastors, but also um, it can come from many spiritual disciplines and prayer and being fixed on the Word of God and things like that. It's not one meeting. I think, unfortunately, sometimes uh, the conversation does become, well, I went to church this week and that's good enough. And this kind of talks actually against that, that we really need to be strengthened in the faith and continue to grow daily. It's also interesting to note that during his trip, Paul's path is determined through divine direction. And this is really interesting. Um, this is that verse we're going to go back to. He remains in Galatia because he had been kept there by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Next, when they tried to enter Bethania, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them to. That's That's interesting. That might even trouble us when we read it. But while spending the night in Troas, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia, begging him to come and help them. And Paul concluded that that man was somebody that God had called him to and his fellow missionaries to preach the word and they needed to go to the people of Macedonia. And I think that, again, this is this is interesting. I don't know how many of us would openly say that we went to bed and had this wild vision of God calling us to go to this place. Maybe you have had an experience like that. Um, But I think that this praying for God's direction, and who I should talk to, and how we should orient my day, that's so important, and we see that here. And it's great to see that Paul um, was obedient to this call. And likewise, we're supposed to do the same thing. Because many followers in these stories are always asking and seeking God's direction for their lives. We ask questions like, how do I determine God's will for my life? That's a key question that many people ponder. You know I think that whenever I was um, younger, um, I used to go to youth camp every year and what's kind of funny is we usually hold youth camp kind of like this this modern-day Gnosticism where I go to camp and I get this secret knowledge uh, that only I can get at camp because my home life is so crazy or my life is so busy maybe at home that I don't hear God there or whatever else. You've heard stories like that. that People go to camp and camp changes their life uh, because camp is a place of solitude, it's quiet um, it's, a, it's a reorienting of self. And the interesting thing is, I think sometimes when we get into normal routines and seasons of life, things are so busy and chaotic that our circumstances more determine our leading and not necessarily God. And so that question, how do I determine God's will for my life, is huge. Uh, one of the things I think we have to ask is uh, a question that Kevin DeYoung states. And that question is the most important decision we face is the daily decision to live for Christ and die to self. If we do those two things, then we are free to choose between jobs and schools and locations. God wants us to start obsessing about the future and trust that he holds the future. We should put aside the passivity and the perfectionism and the quest for personal fulfillment and get on with our lives. God does not have a specific plan for our lives that he means for us to decipher ahead of time. And this is huge. I'm often talking with people um, that are in service to God and doing other things and often many of them honestly are discouraged. Uh, They're approaching burnout, they're tired, Uh, sometimes they lose heart and lose faith. Um, And often sometimes even when I talk to the polar opposite of that, um, there's usually a lot of talk about suffering. and what i really gather from these verses is summed up so well in that first line uh, that again kevin DeYoung gives us the most important decision we face is the daily decision to live for christ and die to self um, usually what we see and why people feel like that is they're trying to live for christ and trying to live for self they're not dying to self and it's such a hard thing to do is our perfectionism or ideas of our ideal future or not suffering uh, really become paramount as opposed to uh, leaderships of Jesus that we often see of living simply um, or being available to people um, or practicing grace and mercy when people aren't kind to us Um, it's the polar opposite honestly of what we we think and I think this can be so hard for many of us Um, I know it can be so hard for me and also, many of us don't live to like to live our lives uh, out of control. Um, we like to grab and maintain control, um, and we try to decipher plans ahead of time. Um, and we simply can't do this whenever we're, we're, we're yoked to Jesus, that Jesus, in essence, um, if He is Lord and Master that we call Him so often, then He needs to direct our lives. And we need to live for Christ and die to self. That that literally, this quote just uh, really is pretty incredible, because the reality is the Apostle Paul wasn't just sitting around waiting to be directed by God; he was always on the move, as he did things for the kingdom, and God always led him, and he knew that. Um, It's very sad when you read stories of Paul, especially later in his life, when he talks about that, hey, I've loved being with you, but you're not going to see me again. Um, It's been a good ride. And and you really do sense just the sadness whenever you read through those stories, especially in the, the end of the book of Acts, also in Romans and some other places. I think another thought that we can possibly get when we read through Acts chapter 16 is that... Not only do we struggle at times to determine God's will for our lives, but many believers also battle with the feeling that they've blown it or miss God's will for their lives. And maybe it's too late or I've messed up too much or I could never go back to that. Gosh, do, you don't even know what I did. But the good news here is that when we blow it, God's grace is more than abundant. That's directly from Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Um, and so if you're listening to this, I want you to know that you couldn't have done anything too bad. There's n- there's nothing that could disqualify you from being included in God's will. Because if, if you truly believe that, then we would also have to say that Christ's sacrifice upon the cross was just a half sacrifice. It was only a half atonement. It was a half truth. Uh, it was half Golgotha. But the reality is, he fully died and rose again to give us new life, and that's full and it's abundant. And so with that, you are fully uh, forgiven for all the sin that you commit. Um, Not that we use that as a license to keep on sinning by any means, but that there's nothing that can disqualify us from being a part of God's will and family. And so just a few closing questions that I want to ask as we end our time together. The first is, I want you to think about a current or a past situation in which you struggled with knowing God's will for your life. How did that make you feel? Maybe another question could be, how did you sleep at night? I know that uh, whenever I got difficult things going on, especially uh, especially difficult decisions that's going to affect me and my family and my ministry, I have trouble sleeping. Um, and usually that's because I genuinely maybe try to hold on to those things more than I should and have more control. Um, whenever I leave those in God's hands... And live life with open hands um it seems to go away and so think about how that made you feel whenever you struggled with knowing god's will for your life and that then is followed up by another question do you ever feel that you've missed out on god's will for your life maybe why or why not and i hope you don't feel like you've missed out but if you do know that today can be a new day it can be a new day to join into what he's already doing partnering with god and doing incredible things for his kingdom with the help of the Holy Spirit. I want you to also respond to this statement. The Apostle Paul was not just sitting around waiting to be directed by God. No, he was on the move, and as he did stuff with the Spirit, God led him. Is that how you live your life day to day? If not, it leaves us lots of places that we can work on. And lastly, I want you to think of some ways God has directed you in determining His will for you. Where is He leading you today? Uh, Where is He leading you tomorrow? Where is He leading your family and your children? Um, Where is He leading your co-workers? Um, Where is He leading leading you um, in your profession um, or your education? Um, gives us plenty of things to think about but think about specifically where he's leading you and what that's going to mean for the people that are in those places Um, often he's using you in those places so that you can present his living and active word to those people and know that this mainly comes through usually works of grace it comes from um, us um, acting out the gospel And so I know one of the things about COVID that's kind of interesting is if you can kind of think back to about a year ago, um, most of our services um, happened on Sunday and Wednesday, Um, but actually now due to COVID, they happen a whole lot more often than they used to. Honestly, we have an older congregation and many of them cannot get out right now. And so in a lot of cases, that means that we're going house to house, door to door um, visiting with our people. And it looks very different from house to house. Some houses, um, honestly, we have a lady who's obsessed with Mountain Dew and we take it by her house uh, just to give her a little bit of encouragement. There's another lady who's deathly terrified um, to get out because she's so scared of COVID. Um, And so we actually go buy her groceries for her every week. And one of the things I keep hearing is just, thank you. Thank you for coming by. Hey, thank you for, for being Christ to me today. And that's not said because we're sharing 10, 15, 20-minute sermons at their doors. Um, We're reading the entire book of John from memory. It's literally that we're showcasing um, the gospel in action. And not just to give ourselves a pat on the back or anything like that, but I believe that's what Jesus would be doing, is going door to door, checking on people, um, letting them know that the kingdom of God is near, and that we're also meeting human need at the same time. Uh, The gospel is not something that we just say. It's also something that we do. Um, It's something that we live in as a part of us, uh, as much as breathing is a part of us. Um, And so I just encourage you with that this week, knowing that Acts chapter 16 is really incredible, that we see this transformed, this renewed Paul uh, going on these incredible missionary journeys, um, building up the churches wherever they are, and that their numbers are added and the question i have to ask and kind of end on um, after those other questions is do you believe that we're doing a good job of this or do you believe that we're we're kind of blowing it Um, if you believe that we're blowing it know that there's new grace for tomorrow there's a new hope a new day new mercy and and that's encouraging to me and i hope that that's encouraging to you as well so thank you for joining us for week five of acts to the ends of the earth And I know that we're very, very excited here very shortly. We're going to be starting up our new series, uh, our Lenten series, as we approach um, and walk the 40 days before uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I hope that you'll join us for those. We're really excited about it. And again, thank you for joining us this evening for Above the Waves podcast put on by the Salvation Army of Hot Springs. Hope you guys have a great week this week. And if you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to drop those. Uh, in the comment section. Thank you again so much, and God bless.